Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great because we get to officially say hello, listeners at CFRC in Kingston, Ontario. Uh, my alma mater, as it were. I am a Queens graduate, and this is the Queens radio station. Conquer Draft is now a uh, part of their great lineup. So go Gales, go! I'm surprised they let you back. <laughs> Why? <laughs> but I uh, hey, I have you know, I was uh, I was a very uh, well. I was about to say liked, but that's not true. Well known member of the Queens University, <laughs> but, but not liked. But you're no, not I, liked. I would okay. never say that. No, but everyone knew my name. Okay. Hey, there's an old saying, Josh. Say what you want about me, just get my name right. Okay. Is that you and Antonio Brown's philosophy? <sighs> don't don't you guys, put me. You guys in might be good friends. Like you guys could be no, good friends. I think you're no. judging him too harshly. I'm for not. I'm costing not you a championship. No, no, no. I am not like Antonio Brown. I don't know. You, I mean. He, everyone knows his name. Not that many people liked him. Like, there's some simil- similarities here. I was well liked by few, <laughs> but but you know that was that's the price of success. Oh, frankly, okay. okay. If you want to be successful, sometimes people don't like you. Are, are you reading this like funny. verbatim from Antonio Brown's? <laughs> diary no we are not the same okay we are not the same okay listeners just so you know listeners i have never seen antonio brown and mike in the same room so i'll just leave that up to you guys listen i was just misunderstood all right mr mr misunderstood yes if you are tuning in on cfrc welcome glad to have you glad to subject you to listening to our rambling for the next hour Go Gales, go. Gales football. Fantastic. (laughs) Well, speaking of football, uh, some interesting news this week. We finally got the NFL schedule released. Um, Mike, what are your feelings on how much primetime Aaron Rodgers we're going to see? Oh, wow. Um, A lot. I mean, too much, maybe. I think the expectations here are are really high. I do not think that this is going to go the way of Brady. I'm on the show talking about that. I don't think this Aaron Rodgers deal is going to turn out the way Brady did. I don't think the Jets are going to win a Super Bowl. And I don't think the Jets are going to get a bunch of high-priced, well-known free agents because of Aaron Rodgers. But I also don't think this is going to go the way of the, of the Broncos last year. Because this happened last year. They put Russell Wilson with the Broncos in a bunch of primetime games. And then halfway through the season... They started changing the schedule. So I don't think it's going to go that bad, but I do think they're putting way too much, like there's too much hype here. And I just think Aaron Rodgers will be fine. The team will be okay. Probably a playoff team. I'm picking the Jets to make the playoffs, but that's as far as they're going to go. So I think that's too many primetime spots for a team that will probably win 11 games this year. Yeah, I think it's unfortunately just a trap that the NFL falls into is there's a lot of hype and news coverage around it. So then they try to capitalize on it. And then more often than not, it just doesn't pan out come the actual season. Um, so, yeah, yeah you're, you're probably right. It'll probably be somewhere in between the two, between 
what we saw with Wilson and Brady. But uh, it'll still be interesting getting to watch you or get get to listen to you watch him that much in prime time. I know because that's the thing. Like, and it all depends. Like, I, I my football watching is not limited to one particular team. Even though I'm a Bills fan, I will watch the Bills. I watch the games that have high impact and I watch the games that I have players in for fantasy. And now that we're doing this show, I'm probably going to try to watch most of the primetime games, as many games as I can each week. I'm pretty much doing that anyway. My Because of this show, my viewing of football will go up by like probably 5% because I'm already watching a lot. But the primetime games probably means I'm watching it and, and I've got to watch this guy um, be a complete and total disaster. Though, listen, one thing I will say, and I will, we talked about this like a month ago when this happened. The one thing I will say is you're, you may be hearing a lot about the schedule release right now where we're kind of in the, you know, midpoint of the off season, mini camps, things like that are happening, rookie camps, but we're not really getting into the, the hype train yet. I have not heard much from Aaron Rodgers. Like he's not out there making headlines for ridiculous things he's saying. So credit to him for that. It's not completely a, a clown show yet. I say yet. We'll yeah. see what happens as the season goes. But yeah, right now, time. it's not a clown show. Yeah, yes, gotta... exactly. Yeah. Everyone needs a rest. Yeah. Um, so with the <clears throat> release of the NFL schedule, there have been projections on the NFL strength of schedule. <clears throat> So there's a couple of things I want to talk about there. Uh, first and foremost, uh, as I've said before, I am a Patriots fan, so sucks to see that they are projected to have the hardest schedule in the NFL as of right now. Um, not looking forward to that, but they are in good company because the Dolphins, Bills, and Chiefs are all also in the bottom five of uh, hardest schedules to go up against. So we should see some pretty competitive football if, now, obviously this is all preseason just with you know how they're predicting the teams are going to do so this this is obviously able to be thrown out the window as of week one if things change but as of right now it's at least shaping up to be that we're going to get a lot of competitive football from some high-powered teams yeah and I think the fact that you know the the fact that with the offseason moves I've seen so far and as we're kind of breaking down the divisions each week I think the parity is up as well we do have some bottom feeder teams who you're like, okay, whatever. But I'm actually somewhat interested in some of the bottom teams that did draft well and did some big stuff during free agency just to see how that their markets react to it. So I think the fact that the parity is up as well helps with these with these schedules, like the strengths of schedules and looking at that. There's, I think there are a lot of games that you could say it's a pick em, who who's going to win at this point. Obviously, we're not – preseason yet we don't know how things are shaping up we'll see how how things get as a as we get a little closer but i can say with confidence that there's a handful of teams that i i think are going to be harder to play against um than they were the texans being the example right off the top of my head new young quarterback high draft pick added to their defense like made trades to get a second big top three draft pick they're going to have a better defense and at least a more interesting offense than they did. And I think that that helps. Um, one of the things that I always look at as strength of schedule for fantasy, at least, is I really look at those teams 
of how long are they going to be playing competitive football for? Because I, I really believe that matters. I think once the team's out of it, you see sometimes you see looser play. So you see someone like Justin Fields, his value went up because uh, the fact that his team was out. But then sometimes you see players, the ball gets spread around more. So the stars don't get as much juice to them. So I, I really look at the schedule for that as well, thinking, okay, this is there a marquee matchup for a bubble team late in the season where it's like, okay, this might be the matchup that determines whether or not they're playing games for the final couple weeks of the season, which is your fantasy playoffs. Because fantasy playoffs, they could get they you can get hurt real easy by terrible schedules at the end of the year. Oh yeah, absolutely. We see that happen every year. Teams that have locked a playoff spot, their stars don't get played anymore, and then just in time for your fantasy football championship. Just in time for the Super yeah. Bowl, yeah. <laughs> um, I I do. I am interested to see because there's three teams that are in the relatively easy, again according to how it's projected right now, strength of schedule section that all drafted rookie quarterbacks this year: uh, the Colts, right. the Panthers, and the Texans. So mm-hmm. I'm interested to see how that pans out for them for for fantasy because it might make things a lot easier for them to, you know, get their feet under their get their feet under them, you know, make those mistakes in a lot I guess less stress environment, you know what I mean? Like if if they're in a competitive game or games where they look like they're going to win, that's a lot easier to go out and kind of get those mistakes under your belt rather than when you're trying to take down the Chiefs at Arrowhead or something, right? Oh, exactly. I mean, I think, especially for fantasy value, you start looking at rookies differently if they have a bit of a weaker schedule. Because they're going to make mistakes, yes, but they're going to try things. They're going to get out there. They're going to try different things. They're going to be in games longer. And for every fantasy position except defense, (laughs) at least all your offensive positions that you're drafting, a team being in the game longer is always better. I know those blowout games do well, but then, like you just said, how many times this year, you know, you had um, you had Hertz as your quarterback. How many times this year did Hertz come out of the game halfway through the game? Oh, because more, like, well, more than I could count. <laughs> yeah, because well, you know they're destroying them. So the the longer your player can stay in the game, the better chance you have at at getting a bunch of points. So for those rookie quarterbacks, I think you make a good point there. The fact that you know, if they have a bit of a lighter schedule, they become start to look a little more appealing for your backup quarterback position to take a roll of the dice on a rookie that some other people in your draft might not pick. They might not draft them at all, and you might be able to just take them near the end of your draft and throw them in there later in the season when you need a buy, when you if you get an injury, that type of thing. We've seen it work before. Just, um, Justin Herbert had a pretty pretty decent rookie year. And yep. and I think a lot of that had to do with their schedule, the Charger schedule that year. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And the uh, Falcons and Saints have the easiest schedules projected as of right now, so we'll see what they can do with that. <laughs> you and I were making fun of them before we recorded. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we it might, not, might not help. It might not, not help. help. No. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I mean, those are. I mean, I think for whatever reason, I I still think the Saints have a chance to be somewhat competitive every year. Like I, I think. They just have a little more talent to them. I, I don't really see what's going to happen with the Falcons here. They make a lot of very strange decisions in the offseason. And I just, I don't know. I, I don't think the Falcons are are really going to do much this year. No, they're, they're in a weird spot because they easily could. 
uh, with Bijan, with Drake London, with Kyle Pitts. Um, but it's been years since we've seen them do anything really. I don't know. I guess uh, I guess it's been years since we've seen them be very successful. So I don't know what we're going to see yeah. this year from them. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, anything else you wanted to cover off with the schedule there, Mike, before we move on? Yeah, I guess very quickly, uh, I want to give a shout out uh, to the Tennessee Titans, who had the best schedule release ever. Um, check it out on their Instagram. If you didn't get a chance, they went around to random people in in Nashville. There's a street, Broadway, which is like the main one of the main streets in, in Nashville. And they went around asking pe- random people to they'll sh- they show them a logo of the team they're playing and say oh what team is this and people were guessing and that, and the answers were hilarious yeah that was, uh, and that that's was a how pretty the good titans one. released their schedule yeah that was that was pretty good so that's shout out number one and then very quickly i do not like the opening game uh for the nfl season that it's that's our defending champs the champs kansas city chiefs versus the detroit lions why would you open your season with Detroit? Like, there, I get there, they've been an up and coming team. I get there might be some excitement around them. You couldn't have picked a better matchup than, than this to kick off. Like, the, the, the Lions are nothing in comparison to the Chiefs in terms of just like how you look at the team. This is not a marquee matchup for me. And the fact that this is, this is opening the season, I think that's a big mistake. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I I, th- I think we saw the Lions do have it in them to make a game competitive, so maybe that's what the NFL is banking on. Um, cer- yeah, you're cer- you're certainly right, though. It's not like the the high profile heavyweight showdown that like a, a Buffalo and Kansas City could have been, or something like that, or Cincy and Kansas City. Um, but that's that's what we get. So it's up to the Lions to to do us proud. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Uh, wide receiver Michael Thomas for the New Orleans Saints. He is expected to be good to go for training camp. Um, just had hardware removed from his injured foot a week ago. So that's been kind of the saga for Michael Thomas over the past couple of seasons. Mm-hmm. Is is he going to be healthy? He plays and then he gets injured again. So if he plays and he can play a full season, you could have an elite wide receiver on your team. Or you could draft him and get one or two games and then... He's gone for the season again, so high risk, high reward for Michael Thomas. Yeah, I'm. I'm honestly, I'm going to believe it when I see it. Like when yeah. he's out there and he's playing for a couple weeks, then I'll believe it. I, I, that's a Josh. That's just too risky for me. Well, I think if you it's could get him, risky. if you can get him later in the draft, I, I would be fine with taking that risk. Like oh, much I, later though. Like I'm like he. You cannot draft this guy near the top. Like he can't be your your top like three receivers that you take. I think I would go depending on who my first two would are were. I I would risk as my third. Oh, like, I think that's too risky. If my first you were two playing with fire, <laughs> yeah. But you if my first two, <laughs> if my first two are well known, like consistent, like I don't have to worry about them. Diggs I I would be like digs and cup. Yeah. If if somehow I had that as my starting two wide receivers, I would take the risk on him as my third. Because if he pays off, perfect. If he doesn't, I'm probably not playing him anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Yeah, yeah I to me, he's he's my he's my Odell Beckham Jr. of previous drafts. I'll I'll take him near the end. <laughs> if, I, if there's no other option, and I really just want to, you know, 
take a shot at someone that then that's what I would do. But for me, oh, that's just such a risk. I don't think I could do it. You, yeah, you've got, uh, you've got a little bit more confidence in, in him than I do because I just, I really need to see it to believe it with him. And it's not his fault. Injuries suck. It's, this is not his fault, but it's an unfortunate reality. Yeah, no, it, uh, it is unfortunate. Um, I mean, we see it every year, but we also see it. Yeah. We see players break that mold like Christian McCaffrey this past year, right? True. Yeah. He, he was going to get in that reputation and then he played a full, a full season this year. So it's Even just what Saquon Barkley has had a couple rough years, you know, where he had yep. some injuries there. He, he, and he had a great year last year. So no, you're right. It can happen. Uh, all the reports are stating that the, all signs point to the Vikings move on from Dalvin cook this year. Uh, and then the most recent report was that the Vikings will not keep him on his current deal. So it seems to be if he's willing to take a pay cut, they're willing to keep him. But they're, if he's not, then he'll be going like Ezekiel Elliott and he'll be cut probably after June 1st if he's not traded before then. Yeah. Something to monitor for Dalvin Cook. Obviously, he's an extremely valuable fantasy asset, but you need to know where he's going to be playing. Yeah, and you know where he's playing is going to matter. Um, chances are, he you know he's going to go to a team that that needs exactly his services, and he'll do well. But he, um, you know, if you you end up pairing him somewhere that has a Tony Pollard type, he might be in some trouble. Yeah, then they're just eating off each other, and we're right back to <laughs> <laughs> the same the same, same situations thing over, over again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Broncos head coach Sean Payton expects Javante Williams to be ready for start of training camp, but however, he also said he's hoping that Javante Williams will be able to avoid the pup list, which is the physically unable to perform list. So that's not really great that you're saying we're hoping to have him for week one, but we're also hoping he won't be able to, he'll be able to avoid the physically unable to perform list because those are two very separate things. Um, that means he's not physically able to play in the NFL come the start of the season if he ends up on that list and he's still recovering. Mm. So I I think that puts a damper on him and we could we should probably expect that he's not going to be playing to start the season despite them saying they're hoping he's ready for training camp. Yeah. And other bad news with running backs, Jets general manager stated that they are hoping that Brees Hall returning in week one is a possibility. that sounds good (laughs) yeah not that they're hoping that he'll be back for week one not that it's possible he'll be back for week one they're hoping there's a possibility he'll be back for week one so (laughs) yeah like we talked about uh, a couple of times and we talked about last week in the AFC East breakdown running backs coming off of these terrible injuries they're not very good that first year back and there isn't even a guarantee you're gonna get a full season out of Brees Hall this year so Keep that in mind when you're drafting him. Don't like, don't break the bank to get him. If there's another yeah. healthier, proven option, because you don't know what you're going to get from Brees Hall this year. Unfortunately, we saw what the upside is, but now we're I'm probably going to see what the downside is for this season at least, because he's probably going to miss games and he's not going to be playing at top level. Yeah, and because that upside is so potentially large and because of the situation the team is in in general you know he could be a big part of of an improved offense but that risk especially with running back injuries like they often come back they're never the same and if they do come back several weeks in they're sharing duties even more so 
We've seen that time and time again. And if you get into a scenario where you've spent a high capital draft pick on a player that now is sharing their position and sharing their reps and sharing the touches of the football, that really starts to bring their value down. So it, it, to me, he's starting to slip a little bit in in where the rankings will be, thinking like maybe you should wait till later rounds if you're going to draft him. Yeah, I think if you're going to draft him, you need to have you need to have another consistent key running back that you're going to be able to lean on until you can kind of see what's going on with Brees Hall. Yeah. Um, it's going to be kind of similar to like J.K. Dobbins last year, uh, and we're going to talk about him shortly. Um, he was good, but nowhere near the great that he could have been because his body was still fighting to come back. Yeah. And last bit of news, the Steelers have stated that they are signing wide receiver Hakeem Butler from the XFL's St. Louis Battlehawks. So we got a XFL receiver joining the Steelers. Interested to see how that plays out and where he falls on their depth chart. Uh, definitely pro- not in the top three as of right now, at least for projections. Um, do you watch any XFL or the I do not. United no. Football Association, whatever they're called? Yeah, me either. No. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not something I've been interested in. Maybe I'm sure it's probably entertaining to watch. It's just I've never gone out of my way to watch it. Yeah, I I already have my second football league, which is the Canadian Football League. Shout out to the CFL. I love Canadian football. Uh, shout out to the Queen's Gales. Um, so that's kind of already my second league. I don't really have time for any of these others. Uh, and I don't believe they're going to be around long enough. <laughs> like, I just, I just don't. Yeah, fair enough. Do we have any uh, fan questions today, Mike? We do. We have two. Uh, the first one here is from an anonymous fan. Wish to remain anonymous. Um, this fan says, uh, hi, conquer your draft. I just read somewhere that Ramondre Stevenson is a risky pick in upcoming fantasy drafts. What are your thoughts on how he'll do this season? And if not him, who do you think is the focus point of the Pats offense? Where will the offense come from, if any, from the Pats this year? There you go. That's our fan question. So, Anonymous, we uh, we spoke about this last week during the AFC East breakdown um, and spoke about Ramondre Stevenson a fair amount. So if you want a bit more in detail, I recommend you go listen to our AFC East breakdown episode, but I will absolutely recap it for you. So what you read is absolutely correct. He is a risky pick because we've seen that he is a talented football player and he could do extremely well, especially in those games that he played where Damian Harris wasn't there. So now that Harris has moved on, it's set up for him to be the main guy. However, Historically, New England doesn't just run a one running back system. They use everybody because Bill Belichick is a genius at football and will strategize every quarter of every game differently based on what he believes is going to work best. So you might see Ramondre Stevenson get the whole team's carries in one week and then he's only getting 10 carries the next because that's not what's going to work against this team. So the consistency is unfortunately not there. I think he can consistently be an RB2 for you um, because he he does get involved in the passing game. He, he will be rushing, 
but he will have a lot of competition for carries and targets with the other running backs on the team. They have two rookie running backs that they had drafted last year that they used somewhat uh, that they're going to continue to use this year. And they also uh, signed James Robinson during the off season. Mm -hmm. So all of them could be used in any combination of roles by Bill Belichick. Uh, On top of that, the Patriots passing game has not been stellar as of uh, late with Mac Jones and the wide receiver core that they have. So I think teams know that and they like to put a little bit of extra pressure on the the running game to try to force New England to throw and beat them through the air. So I think Ramondre Stevenson will probably be the best weapon for the Pats offense, at least in terms of fantasy, uh, unless Juju Smith-Schuster can hit the ground running there and just set set New England on fire, I guess. Um, but that seems to be what we see, have seen over the past few seasons was Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson were the main people for fantasy, and I don't expect that to change. I just don't know who is going to take over that, who else is going to become productive for the Patriots in that running uh, back room. Is it going to be Robinson, Pierre Strong, Jr.? Um, I forget. the. Other, there's another Harris on the team and whose name I'm blanking on right now, his first name. Uh, so there's there's a lot of talent there, unfortunately, that Ramondre has to compete with. And just the way that Bill Belichick runs the, the team, it's not historically been great for fantasy running backs. Uh, our, our next and last question for today comes from Cade. Uh, Cade says, I just have a suggestion as something you could do at the end of your division rankings for each episode. You could give a top five uh, sorry, a top three players to go after and three players to avoid in the NFL draft. This might be kind of a cool thing to see if you both agree on players you should be trying to go after and to avoid. I was just thinking a top three would be kind of a cool thing as sort of like a top three players, bottom three players. So that's from Cade. Well, Cade, um, if, you, if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that Mike and I rarely agree on much. So... Uh... It probably won't be much on the agreement side, definitely on the disagreeing side, but we like your idea and we're going to do it today. So after our recap of the AFC North, we're going to go through a couple of players to target and to avoid for the division. And we haven't told each other what those players are, so we'll be hearing it from each other for the first time as well. Yes. So you you can cue the disagreements already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. That's our fan questions for this week. Just a reminder to fans, uh, especially if we're getting some new ones here, if you want to ask a fan question, you absolutely can. You can go to our website, conqueryourdraft.com. You can fill out the form that's right there. You can. There's a form, I think, right on the podcast page. You just click podcast on the Conquer Your Draft homepage. It takes you right to the page. Fill out the form. Send in your fan question, and we'll answer it. Absolutely. We'd love to hear from you. And with that, let's get into our AFC North breakdown. So we're going to start with the Baltimore Ravens. So obviously, uh, with the draft day massive contract, Lamar Jackson is their quarterback for this upcoming season. If he can stay healthy, then he can do well for fantasy. If if he doesn't stay healthy, then he's going to hurt you based on where you have to draft him, unfortunately. I'm expecting big things. Yeah. Because of the money? things out of Lamar Jackson. Yeah, out of the money, uh, you know, getting the big contract that he wanted. He's got a lot of time to try to get himself healthy. 
I just feel like this is going to be a bounce back good season for him. Well, hopefully because uh, the rest of the team suffered without him. At running back, they have J.K. Dobbins as the RB1, followed by Gus Edwards. So I'm very interested in J.K. Dobbins, what we're going to see this year, because as we spoke about on a couple of episodes so far, because he was still coming off of that injury, like it literally looked like he was running with one leg faster than the other. Um, and he was getting caught from behind on a lot of what should have been like home run, huge touchdowns. So I'm interested to see now we're moving into that year two where we typically see the running backs come back to full strength and perform just as well or better than they were before. So I would love to see him make that step and be back to normal and what he can really do with a full season under his belt, especially with Lamar Jackson um, manning the backfield as well to kind of take some of the heat off of Dobbins. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think, you know, there, no matter what the Ravens are going to be utilizing multiple levels in their running game. Like I think, I think Lamar Jackson will obviously, if he's healthy, you're going to see him run. That's kind of been his thing. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, I think you'll see a little bit of spreading the ball around a bit, but Dobbins is, you know, clearly the one they they want to to work with. Hopefully, he's fine coming back from the injury. I have some question marks uh, coming out of uh, the running backs scenario here, just because I do think Jackson's going to air it out this year. Like I really do. Like I I know he's going to use his legs. I know he's going to be part of that, but I can just see. Someone like Lamar Jackson, competitive, just got a big contract, former MVP. I think he's going to come out wanting to throw the ball as much as he can. So that that might, at the beginning of the year, dictate a lot for that offense. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But as we've seen with the Bills, you need to have a running game to counter counterbalance it. So hopefully the Ravens understand that and they lean on all of their assets. But yeah, certainly could limit his upside to start the year if if Lamar Jackson does come out swinging like that. Uh, Wide receivers, their current projected starting wide receivers are Odell Beckham Jr., Rashad Bateman, and Zay Flowers, their rookie, uh, drafted this year at the slot position. So this is an interesting wide receiver core. It is. Yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham Jr., right off the bat, that's like a really appealing question mark. What's he going to be like? What What's that going to be like? Because um, that, again, that has potential to be a fantastic combo, Jackson to Beckham Jr. I think all three have the potential to be a fantastic combo. And all three have the ability to be the wide receiver one for the Ravens. And it's oh, just I'm a Zay Flowers a... fan. I, I'm, a, I'm on record. Yeah. So Rashad Bateman was drafted to kind of be the guy. He had some injuries last year. If he can stay healthy and get back into it, get a full season with Lamar Jackson. Who knows what we'll see. Odell Beckham Jr., I guess we're going to have to wait and see what version of him we're getting, because if we get the guy from New York who is setting the fantasy world on fire, perfect. If we get the guy that we've seen since, not so much. Uh, and Zay Flowers, we haven't seen anything yet, but he's he was drafted with a lot of, uh, a lot of good reviews and tape coming out of college, mm. so if he can hit the ground running and he can do well, this is a great system to be in. He's got a great quarterback to work with. Um, but unfortunately, at the end of the day, this wide receiver core is going to be most likely be behind tight end Mark Andrews for targets. Yes. 
And uh, also with Mark Andrews is Isaiah Likely, who proved this past year that he is also a very competent uh, tight end and pass catcher. And there was a stat that I had heard the other day floating around um, that the tight end room with the Ravens actually had more targets than the, or if not more, it was very close to the wide receiver room. So the ball is split so evenly between those two groups because of the talent that they have in the tight end room that that is going to unfortunately limit the upside of the wide receivers. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah. And I think what gives me a little bit more confidence to, to look at the rest of this offense is I know Mark Andrews is going to get a lot. So long as he's healthy and Jackson's healthy, that's going to be an unbeatable duo. I just think they're going to have a powerful offense this year. They're going to try to move the ball in different ways. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to want his reps. Like he's not, he's one of those receivers who you hear from him if he's unhappy with how much he's being thrown the ball. You'll you'll hear from him. He's he's one of those players. So I just think you're gonna get into a scenario where you're gonna start using your your multiple pieces of a talented offense. And if it starts rolling early in the season, Baltimore could be one of those teams where it's just it's an offense that just burns teams every week. And you, for fantasy, easily have three or four players per week who are having great games. So I just can see it. I can see Lamar Jackson throwing four touchdowns a game and Beckham Jr. and Andrews to have him one each. And, you know, maybe they toss one down to Dobbins for another one. Like, I could just see it happen. So I, I'm pretty – that's what I think is going to happen. And I'm Baltimore, for me, is moving up. They're moving up the – the fantasy charts as we speak. Yeah, I think this is actually going to be a very competitive uh, division in the NFL. Yeah. And there'll be a lot of players out coming out of this division that are going to be productive for fantasy this year. So I'm actually pretty excited about the AFC North this year. I have strong feelings about two of the four teams, but we'll get there. We'll get there because we'll, we'll obviously rank the teams at the end. But I do agree that in terms of the fantasy value, I think this division has a lot to offer. And the fact that we're starting with Baltimore being like, this is one of, I think, two extremely exciting offenses. Um, the other one, I think we know what it is. But the fact that if they can bounce back and Jackson can have another, you know, a bounce back year and a really good year, I think the value is there for sure. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's move on to the Cincinnati Bengals. So obviously quarterback Joe Burrow. Not really much we need to say there. We know what he what he can do. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be a top five fantasy quarterback. So if you can get him, perfect. If you can't, hopefully you don't play against that team very much. I don't know. <laughs> that's that's as easy it is as it is. He's uh, without a doubt top five quarterback. Yeah. Unfortunately, their running back room is a bit more difficult to project right now right now <laughs> they've got yeah <laughs> yeah right now they've got joe mixon as their rb1 and chase brown as their rb2 we don't know what we're going to be seeing with joe mixon because of his legal status with the uh with the charges that are brought before him currently um we could see he plays the entire season we could see uh, and then the situation off the field is dealt with like during the next off season, we could see it dealt with before the season and he doesn't get much of a punishment in terms of the NFL or we could see the NFL throw, uh, throw the book at him and he could miss like what, I don't know, six games. Like I, I don't even know really what he could miss potentially. So that is going to be baked into his draft costs is that 
giant question mark of if you're getting a full season out of Joe Mixon. Yeah. And while I mean, all... <laughs> then, then the other thing is Chase Brown. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. so if you're not going to get a full out of Joe Mixon, what are you going to get out of Chase Brown? Will he just start the season and then Mixon will come in and they're splitting? What if Chase Brown does really well? Will he win the thing? Like, it's one of those scenarios where, d- depending upon how your draft room goes, you honestly might want to wait and just like pick up one of these guys off waivers. Because if, if Joe Mixon gets suspended at the beginning of the year, and he's gone for six or whatever games. That's a like. Are you really going to risk a draft spot on 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 Joe Mixon? I I don't think I would. Regardless well, of what the other teams were doing, I wouldn't. See, that's the thing. There's no way that he, Joe Mixon makes it to a waiver wire. Like he will be drafted. Someone will take that no, risk. I don't know. Not if he's suspended for half the season. People drafted uh, DeAndre Hopkins last year. He was suspended for six games. Yeah. Well, okay. You drafted him, but yeah, and it worked out. <laughs> yeah, it was all, it was all right. I'm but that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if your team, if you have, if you're able to wait, then yeah. we've seen like Joe Mixon was a, a top twelve running back last year. So mm-hmm. he he's still a good NFL athlete. It's just how much are you going to get to use him? You know, and they have a rookie Chase Brown. We'll see what happens there if Joe Mixon is suspended. Because like like I said, as of right now. He's going to play the full season because nothing's happened in terms of his off-field legal situation. So it's just something that you have to monitor. But keep that in mind. If you're, especially if you're drafting early, like before anything is kind of ironed out with the legal situation, just keep in mind that whatever price you're paying for him, you need to consider the fact that you might not have him for a full season. Yeah, I just, yeah. I mean, keeping in mind that this will all change as we get closer there will be a decision made here um, from the league. And yeah. if he is suspended, then at least we'll know. Like prior to your draft, you should know by then at least what's going on with him. Yeah, well, they won't make a decision for the league until the legal situation happens. So if he can keep pushing that down the road, then that will delay anything that happens to him in terms of the NFL. Like we saw that with Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Um, now, the other thing that complicates things is this wide receiver room. Because Joe Burrow loves to throw the ball and they love to they love to pass. So that also puts a cap on the running back room because he's got Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd to throw the ball to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jamar uh, three pretty good receivers, I I gotta say. Yep. Yep. <laughs> T. Higgins definitely can be a wide receiver too for your team. Tyler Boyd, a great flex option. Jamar Chase mm-hmm. probably gonna finish as a top five wide receiver if he can play the full game. Uh full full season, sorry. Um, he did struggle with injuries last season, and he's kind of like uh, he's kind of like the Tyree Kill, you know. Like he'll have like a game where he will go off and score you forty points, and then the next game he might only get you nine or ten. But you're you're gonna take that risk because if he goes off in a game, he just won you your week. Yeah, um, I had Higgins last year. Pretty happy with that. Uh, Higgins is my receiver too. Worked out pretty well. So yeah, I'm expecting I'm expecting that all three of these receivers are worth picking and probably exactly in the order that you said. Chase is going to be a top five receiver. He's worth an early draft pick. Higgins is a good receiver too when it comes time for you to look for that. Boyd, great flex option. Yep, and then in the tight end room, they don't have too much competition like the Ravens do, so that also helps with all three of those receivers. 
Right now they've got tight end Irv Smith Jr. and Devin Asiasi. I think I'm saying that correctly. Um, I'm very interested to see what happens with Irv Smith Jr. Because last year, I think it was last year, he was expected to be the guy for Minnesota as their tight end. Be hugely involved in their passing game. And then he, I think he fractured his thumb or maybe it was just a different finger um, during training camp or preseason. And that shut it right down. So we never got to see that. And then obviously they moved on and got uh, TJ Hawkinson down the line. So with what we saw with Hawkinson and how involved they got, if that was their plan for Irv Smith Jr., obviously we never got to see if it was going to work out, if he had the physical ability to do it. But if that's something that they had in mind for him, then that means they had a lot of faith in him that he could be productive for the team. And now that he's with Cincinnati and he's getting the ball from Joe Burrow, that's a valuable position to be in in, in fantasy. So be, yeah. if if he becomes quite heavily involved in the passing game for the Bengals, he could be a late tight end pick with a lot of upside. Unfortunately, though, he could also potentially take away from Higgins or Boyd. I don't imagine he'll take away from Chase as a value. Definitely Boyd's maybe even creep in on Higgins if the Bengals start targeting the tight end position a bit more. But right now, that's all up in the air because we haven't seen Irv Smith Jr. play in a position like that because of his injury issues. And we didn't really see too much of it from Hayden Hurst. I don't know what they're, what Joe Burrow is going to do. I, unfortunately, that's going to be a week one kind of situation that we're yeah. going to have to wait and see. Yeah, and, and for me, because that's a wait-and-see scenario, I I always default to, well, this is how their offense worked last year, if if it was a good offense, which the Bengals had a good offense. They were a good team. So I think that for now it's safe to assume that Chase Higgins and Boyd are still good picks. And then, yeah, I mean, like, listen, tight ends are tough. We've talked about this constantly. If you can't get your hands on, frankly, I would argue three maybe four, then it's pretty much rolling the dice with everybody else anyway. I am I would still be fine to roll the dice with on Irv Smith Jr. Because you know the Bengals are going to be a high-octane offense. They're getting down into the red zone a lot. And that's where they will use running backs and tight ends in various scenarios and looks. If, you know, Chase or Higgins are getting covered too much and they just can't get something going, they'll, they'll dump it off to a tight end. They'll dump it off to a running back. So I still think that Irv Smith has some value there, but I, I, I think it's pretty safe to go ahead, pick Higgins and Boyd where you think you, you should, and they're going to be good choices for you. Absolutely. Let's move on to the Cleveland Browns. At quarterback, they have Deshaun Watson. Um, his legal situation on drama is in the past now. He missed the first 12 weeks, did nothing in the remainder of the season that he played, but now we're going to see him coming in with the full off-season training camp preseason with the Browns. So we'll, you should know coming into week one what you can probably expect from Deshaun Watson and from the Browns offense in general because their offense took a huge step backwards once he took over. And you should know before week one if you should expect the muted Browns offense that we saw at the end of last season or the regular pretty consistent offense that we saw through the first 12 weeks of the season yeah i i'm i'm i don't know (laughs) yeah watson watson's big question mark for me because i know that he you know he had the the half year and i know that 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 changes a lot when when you miss all that time 
you just never know how how an athlete's going to bounce back though like you just don't sometimes it can be it could spell the beginning of the end and the rhythm just doesn't come back to you the way you want it to um this is going to be really interesting because they're paying them a lot of money oh yeah a lot of money to be here so there i think there's a lot of pressure especially with the browns with their history to get it right this year and i'm uh yeah i'm i'm very unsure what's going to happen there yeah, definitely something to pay attention to in the preseason, see how he looks, um, because that's unfortunately going to dictate how the rest of their offense is going to look. Um, at running back, they've got Nick Chubb and Jerome or Jeremy Ford. I'm not sure how his first name is pronounced. Uh, Nick Chubb is amazing for fantasy football. Yeah. That, that's not going to change. He's still going to do great, especially with Kareem Hunt gone. So absolutely feel free, 100% confident to draft Nick Chubb this year. Yeah, they got no matter what. Every team's got to score touchdowns and get yards. Like, yep. <laughs> not gonna have an offense. Nick Chubb's great at that, so <laughs> he will do all those things. So, no matter what happens with Watson, I, I do think that Chubb absolutely he's worth drafting early. He's uh, going to be a top running back. Great cho- choice. He does not have the the competition for the ball, like you just mentioned, with no Cream Hunt. So I think your the value for him is going to be definitely great. In the wide receiver room, they have Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Elijah Moore trying to restart his career with the Browns after leaving the Jets. I would probably only want Amari Cooper out of that receiver core, to be honest. I don't think I'd want yeah. to take a swing on the other two. I would say Amari Cooper is probably your pick, and then the other two would be waiver potential for later for matchups or if Watson does get going yeah maybe you jump on one of them and you have to wait and see every quarterback starts to have you know favorites or players that they target and you don't know like it might not be people people Jones it might be more like we don't know it all just depends how Watson's feeling and if Watson does get going and starts utilizing a second receiver then that's when I think you make that that move yeah yeah Unfortunately, you're going to have to wait until a waiver wire down the line. Um, In the tight end room, they've got David Njoku and Jordan Akins. Uh, I'm a big Njoku fan. I think that he can be very good for fantasy. But again, Mm -hmm. that's going to come down to how Deshaun Watson plays. So unfortunately, his fantasy value is tied into into Watson's. Yeah, I think you get some players who can exceed even when a quarterback is struggling or an injury happens and you throw in a backup. Like I still think Nick Chubb, the offense can run through him no matter what. Mara Cooper is always going to be targeted as their main receiver, no matter what's going on. I think those two are pretty safe picks beyond that. It really depends. Cause I like, I agree with you. Najoku could be great, but it's just how, how Watson plays at the beginning of the year is, is really going to determine it. So definitely be watching. If there's any reason to watch fans, the preseason, it's to watch the Browns and see how Watson's going to go. Yep, absolutely. And we'll move on to the final team of the AFC North. It is the Pittsburgh Steelers. So at quarterback, they have Kenny Pickett. Uh, he finished as the quarterback 28 last year, but he was splitting time with uh, with Mitch Trubisky. So it seems like this year they're going to start with him right off the bat. We'll get a full season to see out of him. And we'll see what he can bring because uh wasn't overly disappointing it wasn't overly great to watch last year just kind of meh probably not someone i would want in my drafts maybe as like a 
last case scenario backup, but otherwise I'm probably looking to avoid Kenny Pickett, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that that's, you know, I, I, to me, not to give it away completely, I think the Steelers are probably the fourth team in this division. So, you know, I think as much as they'll improve and as much as he'll get more opportunities, he's still a young quarterback. Things are still in a transition, I think, for the Steelers. So, yeah, I, I don't even think he's necessarily a targeted backup for fantasy at this point. Um, again, things can change. See how it goes. couple really good weeks. You get a good matchup. You might pick him up on waivers and, and use him when you need him. Yep. Uh, in the running back room, we've got Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Najee, great for fantasy. They love to run through him. So absolutely some of that you can target. Uh, especially now that he's seems to be fully recovered uh, towards the end of the season there from his uh, his foot injury. So mm-hmm. full full steam ahead for Najee. Uh, their wide receiver room, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Allen Robinson as the slot wide receiver. I would probably... I would say Deontay Johnson, you could draft. George Pickens has a lot of potential upside. Uh, Allen Robinson, I don't, I, I don't have the guts to go back to that. Yeah, <laughs> not with Kenny Pickett throwing him the ball, at least. Yeah, and I mean Pickett and Pickens had some chemistry at least last year. Like you saw that, okay, young quarterback, young receiver, pick up some chemistry there. But Allen Robinson, I don't know. <laughs> that's that's to me more of a risk. Yeah, so, I, I would not yeah, touch we'll, Allen we'll Robinson. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, and tight end. Pat Fryermuth and Zach Gentry. Uh, Fryermuth, mm. we've seen he he can be good, but we've also seen that he can disappear. It all depends on if he's getting targets or not. Yep. And uh, that's going to be a wait and see. I think though, with the state of the the tight end landscape, he's worth taking a swing on though because he he's at least shown that he does have that upside. So if you're one of the last teams to try to get a tight end in your league and all the high caliber ones are gone. I think Fryermuth is absolutely worth worth the dart throw. Yeah, it, it definitely that one, you know, I think you're making a good point as to to why that could be a bit of a better option. I just yeah, I mean at the end of the day, it's all gonna come down to how is Pickett doing being the number one guy this year. Um if he really steps into it and he's you know he's he believe they believe he's the quarterback of the future. So, you know, do we do we think that that's going to work in his favor? Do we think that he's going to have the confidence and come out of the gate swinging? Time will tell on that one. I'm going to keep an eye on it. I just don't. I have less confidence in this team of the four for this division, where I'm like, I I want to see what the other three are doing first before I would go for for Pickett or most of the offensive players here. Yep, absolutely. And that is it for the AFC North. So real quick, Mike, why don't you uh, rank the teams one through four? So for me, um, I think this is a pretty uh, simple ranking um, with a little bit less that I had to spend thinking on it. Number one for me is Cincinnati. I think the Bengals will finish first. Uh, Baltimore at number two, Cleveland at number three, and Pittsburgh at number four. Um, I think Cincinnati and Baltimore will be playoff teams. I think Cleveland's kind of a bubble team. They might make it, but I, I personally don't think, I think they'll end up on the outside looking in. And uh, my rankings are the exact same with the same kind of projections on how they'll finish. <laughs> so look at that. We agreed on something, Mike. Well, and I think, again, to me, 
forgive my opinion on this division here, guys, but like, honestly, Pittsburgh, I think that that is what they are, what they are. I think Cincinnati is clearly the top team until, you know, we see them kind of falter. They still have a young, good team. Baltimore, number two, Cleveland, number three. I think it just makes sense. Absolutely. All right. Real quick before we run out of time here, three players to target. Um, I'll go first for this one. So my players to target, J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb, Mark Andrews. We have one the same for target because I've got Nick Chubb. All right. Um, I've got Joe Burrow, Nick Chubb, um, and then my third, Jamar Chase. Yep, absolutely. All top tier players, all people that can absolutely help you out with your, uh, your fantasy lineup. Jamar Chase, like we said, could be a top five wide receiver. Mark Andrews is going to be a top, at worst, top three tight end. Definitely. And I think J.K. Dobbins is going to take that step forward and come back to being uh, his full self. I'm excited to see how that goes. And like we already said, Nick Chubb, the offense is going to run through him, whether it's good or bad. So all great players to have on your fantasy team. So now we got players to avoid. And you can go first with (laughs) yours, Mike. Well, I was torn on this, but because you said one of my players to avoid in your picks, I'm throwing them in here. Players to avoid, J.K. Dobbins running back for Baltimore. I say avoid him like the plague. Run away. Run away from J.K. Dobbins. I don't think that's a good pick. I think you need to stay away from that and not be tempted. So he's number one. Uh, Number two, I've got uh, uh, People Jones, Devontae People Jones. Um, I think that uh, Watson's going to be a pretty one-dimensional quarterback coming back in, especially the beginning of the year. So I've got him number two. And uh, I'm... I got to say Najee Harris, number three. I just, with Pittsburgh Steelers, I know that he's had some, you know, some decent moments in the past. I think you got to stay away from him because I don't think the Steelers offense is going to be quite taking the step that people think. Run away, run away from those picks, J.K. Dobbins. So even with how Najee finished the season, uh, like as like the RB5 in the last yeah. few weeks? Yes, uh, yes, because I don't think that matters because at the end of the season – I'd have to look exactly at their schedule, but you know Pittsburgh's out of it. Teams are playing more loose. If they're playing teams that are resting people on defense or offense, that can make a big difference. So I, I pay a little less attention to the last couple weeks of the season on teams that aren't competitive, on teams that are just kind of going through the motions or, or trying to get things good for next year. I, that's one of the reasons why I'm saying avoid them, because the hype. I'm only picking – I'm not going to pick – Allen Robinson on my avoid list because again, he's so far down there that I'm thinking, okay, who's tempting to pick? It would be Najee Harris. And I, and I think that uh, you got to avoid him. All right. Uh, My three to avoid are Odell Beckham Jr., Joe Mixon (laughs) and Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, Odell Beckham. (laughs) Yeah. Odell Beckham, because we don't know what version we're going to get. He did not do very much in LA or Cleveland when he was there. Um, so we don't know if we're going to see that version of him or the Giants version. Uh, Joe Mix, he's also coming off of injuries, so that also could limit him. Joe Mixon, because we don't know what his legal status is, and the Bengals have been very non-committal to him throughout the entire offseason, which could just be they don't want to reveal their hand, but also kind of signals that there might be something to this legal stuff that's going to really impact him, and they've had to make adjustments. Uh, and Deshaun Watson, because... We need to see what he looks like with with this team. So if you're drafting late preseason, which is when you should be drafting, and we'll talk about that in a future episode, 
you should have an idea of what Sean Watson is looking like throughout preseason. So then you can make an educated guess. But until that point, I, uh, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be going after Deshaun Watson yet. I would be looking to a more proven, consistent commodity rather than banking on him making the comeback after missing half of a season last year. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a very fair point. And that is it for this week's episode. So next week we are going to be taking on the AFC West on our breakdown. Thank you for listening. Take care and stay safe. <laughs>